0: Well, now Halloween has safely passed. More tricksters treated this year than last, more goblins gobbed, more candy lobbed into the waiting bags of children dressed as devils and hags, and now 90% discounts on candy abound. Hopefully there's still the good stuff around when you walk into the Target stores rather than steal from neighbors' doors. This isn't a poetry slam, I'm just going to go ahead and jam some words out of my mouth for literary's glory, because that's the point of this week's story or podcast. I'm done with this rhyming scheme. Hope this doesn't turn into a meme. I can't stop, seriously. I can't stop this rhyming. I need to find some excellent timing to stop myself from making these couplets go because there's no way that I'm gonna know when to stop this joke. Look, literary literary devices are good and I really think I should do a movie about elections this week but the scheme of this show is me reviewing movies and there aren't many about elections so i um, this ain't on fleek. <laughs> okay, stop stopping this whole thing. Um, I wanted to do something about elections for real, though, but there ain't no movies designed for kids that I've seen 15 years ago that Yo Boy Kyle, which is me, who also goes by several other names on the internet that I'm not even going to bother going into. But uh, elections are a public institution, so by a real total stretch of imagination and trying to have some sort of coherency on this show, I'm going to do an episode about public institutions, specifically libraries. Oh boy, oh boy, Wowie. It's the Page Master, And it's a doozy. Right. So, the Pagemaster is a 1994 film which I think was funded by the government, in particular like the Library Institute because they needed a movie to tell the kids and kiddies and kiddos just how awesome books were. So they got a crap ton of money to get a whole bunch of good actors like Sir Patrick Stewart, Dame Whoopi Goldberg, and some guy with a creepy voice to be the voices of generic books to guide Macaulay frickin' Kalkin, who was like the hottest and most well adjusted child actor of the era on an adventure on just how awesome books are. Even though I'm pretty sure he's like a bookish nerd with glasses, and anytime Macaulay Culkin has glasses, it bodes well. And to learn just how cool it is to be a bookish nerd. And it's weird. It's one of those crosses between live action, but it's mostly animation, but there's still live action. a a lot of films did that at the time Rockadoodle and my version of Thumbelina (laughs) and to an extent Who Framed Roger Rabbit but they did a whole bunch of crossing stuff on that one and Who Framed Roger Rabbit is an astonishing feature of film not a feature of film landmark of film that I will never review because it's good and I know it by heart but Pagemaster is not one of those but like Hollywood productions of the early to mid 90s just saw how successful Who Framed Roger Rabbit was, saw just how much work, effort, and ingenuity went into making that movie, and they said, like, well, screw it. We're just going to combine live action and animation and put it on promotional materials, but never the two shall meet, to quote the famed author Shakespeare. I think he said something about never the two shall meet, but he made it a lot more like floral in his words. But that's the entire gist of the Pagemaster. Came out in 1994, talked about the magic and wonders of books despite being a movie, and don't you dare think, I, uh, even at five years old, I didn't realize the irony of that situation. Right. That's the gist of it. I think we had it on VHS. We had it on VHS, but I cannot for the life of me. Remember if you recorded it off cable or dead-ass bought it at the store for 70% off, because that's the only way to buy the Pagemaster. I asked my brother. That just means I'm getting into, like, desperation mode, because... He'll know, but I'll catch hell for it. But, yeah, Pagemaster. What a fun movie. Let's dive in like a good book. if you'll pardon my slight tangent here, uh, I watched the movie Guardians of the Galaxy 2, fairly often. It's an excellent film that came out last year, and I've watched it probably about 30 times. My dad's probably seen it about 100. 30 of those times I was there. But uh, the movie opening credits starts with Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra, which is a really cool opening. It's one shot. It's really nice. That's beside the point. But what I remembered when watching that is it is not the first movie to use... Mr. Blue Sky by the Electric Light Orchestra the first one to do that is Pagemaster from 1994 because the movie starts with beloved and well adjusted child actor Macaulay Culkin just in school grabbing a bunch of like textbooks from his locker while the opening riffs to um, Mr. Blue Sky play and you see whoever made that film I'm pretty sure it was Steven Spielberg or some crap I, I don't know, I don't care, um, but you hear a bully say off screen, Hey Richie Rich, which is the character's name, Macaulay Culkin plays a character named Richie Rich in this movie, Hey Richie Rich, heads up, and he gets <laughs> he gets another book thrown at his face, and his glasses are flying off, and You have, like, this great money shot of him getting hit by a book just as... just as it, as it freezes, and the words The Pagemaster appears on Macaulay Culkin's glasses flying off his face while he's being hit by a book. It just says The Pagemaster. And then the rest of the day goes on. It just shows that Macaulay Culkin doing nerdy things like chemistry books blowing up and people jacking his lunch money and girls pointing at him and laughing, which is like a nightmare for a teenager. But uh, it's just showing all all the actors and stuff and your production team and your casting directors and everybody while he's going through a crappy day. And it's just his day at school, just showing that he's a loser who kind of likes books but hasn't gone full measure on it. So the song ends, and he gets home after yet another day of Richie Rich Things. Uh, on the way home, and this is important to the plot, dear audience, uh, there are some other kids of his age uh, riding their bikes like over a, a cool ramp that's like a foot high, like what people did at the time. And they make fun of him because he's riding his bike but doesn't want to go over the ramp despite having a helmet and stuff and this is important dear audience because it, it it'll, it'll figure later then he gets home and his father jubilantly announces that he has built a treehouse for him to overcome his fear of heights because he his defining character trait is he is afraid of heights in addition to everything his father is ashamed by the admonishment received by his son when Richie Rich says, I don't want to go into the treehouse, I'm afraid of heights. And he says, well, you're no son of mine. Why don't you go out and pick up some cigarettes and never come back until you're a man. And Richie Rich goes by it because, again, he is a nebbish little wimp and follows orders, even if those orders are essentially being kicked out of the house for being too much of a nerd. So off he goes on his bicycle, he sees those kids with the bicycle ramp again, and it shows him a second time, which means all the more that they will show up somewhere in the third act at the very end as sort of a Chekhov's bicycle ramp of sorts, and he heads into town to try and find new parents or something, but then, lo and behold, it starts to rain and Richie Rich, little bitchy bitch that he is is terrified of rain so he ducks into the nearest building Um, as he goes into the doors with his bike abandoned like lightning strikes and then in a most ominous sense you see the words library as if that's supposed to terrify you which i think maybe it is Uh, maybe it's all sorts of case of being integral to the plot so you know you're in for some real library shit when the lightning strikes behind the building, it reveals... Da-da-da! Da-da-da-da-da! Library. And Richie Rich... Walks in... And, like the excellent horror movie character that he is destined to be... Asks if anyone's here... Shouts a few times... And announces he's gonna take a shower. But he's not gonna, like, do drugs or Paramount... Or engage in premarital sex because... Yeah, he's just that much of a loser. Though admittedly, if this was a horror film, he'd probably survive because he's clearly more of a virgin than Max and not Shane from the last movie. Wait, no, Shane, but not Max from the last movie. Turns out the guy from Hocus Pocus last week, the boy was Max, the zombie was Billy. I screwed that up and I am sorry. But yeah, um, Richie, Rich Macaulay Culkin, wanders into the building, shouts, is anyone there, and then lightning strikes, and then kaboomers uh, right in front of him is totally not scary in the middle of a thunderstorm actor, Christopher Lloyd, who says, yes, you're in the library. Can I help you? I know that's not the Christopher Lloyd voice. I'm not going to attempt it. Uh, But he, he says like Great Scott, which probably means this wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg. This is probably a Robert Zemeckis film, which... I think he also directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but he has a lower fund on this one. Point of the story is it's one of those losers. And Christopher Lloyd shows up and goes all Pokemon Professor on his ass and tries to, like, figure stuff out about him. And it's always about books because, you know, every library employee cannot make stuff not about books because they don't have a life outside of the library. They, in fact, live there in the middle of the night, even if there's a thunderstorm. So I guess he goes to sleep underneath a his librarian's desk until someone happens to chance upon the building in the middle of the night. But yeah, he, um, he tries to say, yeah, you can, uh, you have a life now, kid. You can live in this library. Here, I have present to you a library card. Now, the world is your oyster. If your world is strictly that of the literary like me, sad, strange library man who apparently lives here. Um, He apparently goes all horoscope on Richie Rich and says there are one of three types of books that exist, adventure, fantasy, and horror, and you seem like the kind of guy who's into all three, and if you are capable of reading all three types of books, you will become the page master, and you will rule the library forever and find your calling in life, and I can go home and pass the title on to you, and you'll grow up to become me. Or Some shit like that. Then Richie Rich listens to that whole spiel, which is just this entire monologue about the wonders of books, which is kind of what this entire movie turns out to be, and just goes, Uh-huh. Can I go now? Books, Marty. Books, says Christopher Lloyd as he wanders off into his janitor's closet. Uh, Richie Rich then explores the building, and he goes into this huge really cool vaulted library study room with, like, dragons and wizards and all sorts of stuff that it was clearly painted by, like, Michelangelo or something. It looks like way too much for library dollars. There's clearly some sort of extortion and or embezzlement involved in this particular library. Or magic, dear audience. Perhaps it is. Uh, because... Pretty soon, like, lightning strikes outside the window, and like, the windows break, and the ceiling starts frickin' melting for some reason. Maybe it was the rain, maybe Christopher Lloyd slipped Macaulay Culkin some drugs. More than likely, Macaulay Culkin slipped Macaulay Culkin some drugs, because, hey, it was the 90s, and he had all that sweet Home Alone money. So, yeah, it was drugs. It was probably drugs. But the point is, the room starts melting, paint starts dripping all over the freaking room, and he gets flooded in this paint and starts tripping balls. So no sooner does Richie Rich start to question what the ever-loving hell is going on than does merlin or gandalf or dumbledore or whatever comes sauntering in and say hey dude i'm the page master i'm in charge of books and you're in one kiddo and you cannot leave until you've learned something from a book and richie rich is just saying i just want to go home and dumbledore just says Have you ever read the book The Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum? No, I haven't. Have you ever seen the movie The Wizard of Oz based off the book by L. Frank Baum? No I haven't. Well, you're gonna learn something before you go home. Don't do anything weird with your shoes in the meantime. Uh, maybe you'll make some friends along the way. And by friends, I mean books and Richie Rich tries to ask him what the heck he means by that, but by that point, Gandalf had wandered off to probably, again, his janitor's closet, because he's clearly voiced by Christopher Lloyd, by the way, but I'm giving him more of a wizardly voice, because creative differences in podcasts versus movie adaptations of books, I guess. And so Richie Rich goes along his his merry way, trying to find the exit, or the way home, or the Emerald City, or whatever, when he meets his first companion, Pirate Book, voiced by Sir Patrick Stewart at his most piratey role yet. They then proceed to exchange pleasantries and suspicions, and Richie Rich asks why there's a talking book inside of a book. And pirate guy says, Do you want to go home or not? The name's Adventure. Because I'm just a manifestation of all adventure novels which pertain entirely to pirates, as you will learn in due time by reading adventure novels, all of which contain pirates, apparently. And they just go, Okay, and there's some, like, jokes about him not having a spine and the book having a spine, and clever little book-based puns, and they're pretty cool, and they exchange banter for a bit, and then we meet our second stranger of the day, which is a purple fairy book voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. And she's fantasy novel. She has to clarify, she's not that kind. She's more fairies and cool witches, and dragons and swords and knights of days of old and all of those things and she's also trying to get home I think it's a allegory about when you're in a library you want to take books home with you when it's clever summoning along those lines and then they just continue to wander until they find themselves in like a dingy looking castle laboratory thing and within this haunted realm uh, they meet the very shy horror story guy I think he's American Horror Story I will be calling him and he's very timid and scared and fantasy cheers him up by saying she's got a happy life going home and if, if they all go home together uh, they all keep asking if he's ever read Wizard of Oz for some reason and he keeps saying no uh, Richie Rich does, and they say, well, alright. And they find out when they meet American Horror Story the novel that they're in fact in a horror story, and he starts to pick up on that pretty right quick. See, somewhere in the middle of it all, Richie Rich lost his library card, which is, as the great poet of film Alfred Hitchcock once called the term, a MacGuffin, which is something central to the plot that everyone's going after. Uh, If you've ever seen The Wizard of Oz, the adaptation of the book by L. Frank Baum, the Ruby Slippers are an example of a MacGuffin. They drive the plot, they're an inanimate object. So too is Richie Rich's library card, which he has lost, but he finds in the hands of one fancy dude in the top hat, who is also a doctor, who introduces himself as Dr. Jekyll. Now, we, the audience, should know what's going on. I mean, if you've read or seen stuff about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you kind of know what's about to happen, but Mr. I'm nerdy and nobody likes me, yet I still have no frame of reference on anything literature related. He's just like, oh, hey, maybe you can help me. Oh, hey, you're drinking this potion. Oh, hey, are you all right? Oh, he's a monster now. And then we get, like, some Scooby-Doo-looking chase, wherein Mr. Hyde, formerly known as Dr. Jekyll, but also in possession of Richie Rich's library card, just chases them around. And there's some scary-looking stuff where he mugs for the camera. And we're, we're in horror realm, so all the kids and kiddos who don't know anything about books <laughs> and who want to read the curious case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde now that they've been scared out of their wits... Well, now they know what they're in for, because the entire thing of the book, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I read at the insistence of this book, is you don't know Dr. Jekyll is Mr. Hyde until the end of the book. So good job, spoiler alert, you've undermined yourself yet again, page master. God damn it. But um, they get away, they get a hold of the MacGuffin, and they find an exit sign, and off they go onto their next adventure, pun mostly intended. Now, my my apologies, dear audience. I don't remember how exactly our heroes transition from one genre to another, but after escaping from the clutches of Mr. Hyde, uh, they go to that exit thing and go into the adventure section. I, I think it's just they go through this door and then they walk out into some other novel, but I couldn't entirely tell you. Uh, I've straight up forgotten transitions between acts. I think they were kind of shoddy, which is why I don't remember them. But yeah, so they've um, entered Patrick Stewart's domain of adventure because there's just pirate stuff all over the place because adventure novels, at least in Pagemaster's Hellworld, don't expand beyond the realm of pirates, specifically the book Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson because apparently Robert Louis Stevenson's estate paid the producers of Pagemaster a crap ton of money because, uh, since Macaulay Calkin has accidented his way into a story, every book that he's engaged with has been by Robert Louis Stevenson. So for a book that's, for a movie that's supposed to be advocating for books, like the, the depth and the breadth of novelizations is pretty scant to minimal to none. But yeah, no, but here here we are nonetheless. We are in Pirate Realm. Uh, We last about maybe five seconds before Macaulay Culkin's bitch ass gets kidnapped by pirates. Um, And the head pirate is none other than Long John Silver, who's voiced by somebody famous, I imagine, but I don't know who. And they... He notices that Macaulay Culkin has a library card, and befriends him immediately, making him re- asking if he knows how to read, which is kind of the arc words of this particular film, is if you know how to read, then the world's your oyster, is the ar- mantra of the page master film. And surprise, surprise, it's not about reading a book because everyone's illiterate in pirate land. It's about reading a treasure map, because that's what library cards are for, apparently. Uh, excuse me. I believe he takes probably American Horror Story hostage and also has the library Ruby Slippers cards. He also asks if he's read The Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum, and Macaulay Culkin says no. And then Long John Silver asks if he can take out Beth, and Macaulay Culkin, not well-versed in 80s culture, also says, I don't know what you're talking about. Long John Silver shrugs and says, Hey, let's go look for treasure. Then maybe you'll get your stuff back. So off they go treasure hunting with several crazy pirate characters. You get pirate jokes. You get the best line about, like, the skeleton pointing to where the treasure is. And they're, like, saying that's not how a skeleton should look. And it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, I like the pirate scenes in Pagemaster, to be honest. But, yeah, that's where things were falling adventures only constitutes as pirates, and Patrick Stewart, pirate book extraordinaire, is the only one that knows what's going on. So, he takes charge and command, and they try and figure out a plan for escape. A plan that I honestly don't remember, but they, like, see an exit sign somewhere in the distance off the high seas. I think it's like some door on the river, and they, I think they fight Cyclops cyclopses or something out of a, a Greek adventure, which would be cool, but again, when they're when they're pandering like seven or eight year olds, I don't think the Odyssey is the best idea. But neither was Treasure Island. I mean, not Treasure. Island, Treasure Island's a great idea. Neither was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. But they have. It's either going to be Robert Louis Stevenson or dead ass public domain. Though I think Robert Louis Stevenson is public domain. Uh, I'm not sure, and to be honest, I don't think they were either. But yeah, their big adventure is pirate stuff. I think somebody walks the plank, and that somebody is Macaulay Culkin. But he escapes from the high seas and outwits Long John Silver. But they don't reveal everything, because hey, they're still trying to entice you to read books by Robert Louis Stevenson. So, yeah, uh, well, all that goes on book jokes. Pirates talk to books, books talk to pirates, books outsmart pirates because they have book smarts, and those beat pirate smarts any day of the week, and their piratey adventure comes to a rapid conclusion, and before we get to what their next realm of all the possible types of books that there are will be, I will leave you in suspense, and pro tip, suspense is not what it is. I will leave you suspense and take you to a commercial break, so, uh, listen to this crap. Or don't. It's your prerogative. Hello. I'm famed actor, Michael Caine. Beloved British person, an arch nemesis to Sir Patrick Stewart, who you may see in the Pagemaster films. I want to tell you a little story. I too considered being in the Pagemaster films to play a talking pirate book, but lost out to Patrick Stewart, my hated arch-nemesis. It was unfortunate, because his spirited performance as this talking pirate book was what set him over the edge to be placed in the coveted seat of Professor Xavier in the X-Men films, a performance so delightful to audiences including the Queen herself, that he was eventually knighted for being Professor Xavier, something that I could not do, and my failure in doing so is the greatest failure in my long, distinguished but not knighted life. So my not being in the Page Master made me sadder than that time that Master Bruce died in that helicopter accident in The Dark Knight Returns, based off a true story. But it wasn't all gloom and doom. I was recently approached by the estate of Robert Louis Stevenson, who funded the Pagemaster Films, to happily announce that Audible.com, home of millions of audiobooks, has decided to make an audiobook version of the book version of The Pagemaster, which is itself a film based off of a book, and they approached Patrick Stewart to provide the narration. Patrick Stewart said nuts to that, so they approached, yours truly, Michael Caine. And it's a thumping good experience that you can get for free if you enter the following code in your Audible app. Michael Caine would like to be called Sir Michael Caine and be knighted by the Queen, and while we're at it, solve tuberculosis in perpetuity and hereforth. Enter that code on your Audible app and you will receive a free download of Michael Caine Narrates, the uh, book adaptation of the Pagemaster film, which is in turn a film adaptation of a book, which is a book about books. So enter that code. Michael Caine would like to be called Sir Michael Caine by being knighted by the Queen and also curing tuberculosis in perpetuity and here forth. Enter that code and receive a free download. And while you're at it, look at the rest of Audible.com for millions of millions of other non-Michael Caine narrated audiobooks. Thank you. And now, back to the show. I'm Michael Caine. Goodbye. Doctor, can I have a bag of money now? Well, those hits just keep on coming. Ah. Now. Uh, where we last left our hero and his book companions, they had left the realm of pirates and no other adventures and had skimped over other genres... And entered the realm of fantasy because that's the last one left and that's where the real meat is because they've escaped from Robert Lewis Stevenson's realm. And we went into this place where talking animals existed, but we didn't really get to the talking animals because they only had so much vocal talent because they blew their figurative load on Whoopi Goldberg. Patrick Stewart and Christopher Lloyd and whoever the hell voices the, the Green Book. I'm sure it was someone important. I could easily Wikipedia this. I feel like it's like Kevin Kline or something. It probably isn't. I'm going to look it up and look like a dick. And when, when we do next week's episode, whatever it is, I'm going to say, okay, it was that guy and I should have known all along. But it's not going to be what happens. I don't know who voices the Green Book. Oh, they also spent a lot of money on Macaulay Culkin because, of course, er, excuse me. Um, well, that's also something that should be included in the drinking game. Every time I burp, drink something, and then you have to burp too. Because I burp in a lot of episodes, I must confess. This being one of them. Um, I, that That's neither here nor there. So our hero and his book's friends have wandered into fantasy. There's a musical number that I think they were trying to go for an Oscar for because this was like 1994, and everything animated have to add a musical number. Because I don't know why. like Every movie did it. American Tail did it. What's Their Name did it. Cats Don't Dance did a bunch of them. And Thumbelina did it. Everything that I've done has been a cartoon, which has been most of the stuff I've done, has had a musical number placed in the middle of it that is clearly there for awards bait. And Pagemaster does it while they're in the fantasy realm and like looking at cute animals and... If this movie were made 15 years earlier, they would have had Tim Burton working on this scene just to drive him to madness because everybody in animation hates Tim Burton for some reason. That's basically what happened, though. Um, they find themselves at this giant-ass mountain and for some reason, Shocker on Shock Street, which is an excellent Goosebumps book, but that's also something I say a lot because hey, eh, hey hey, I make references to goosebumps a lot. Surprise, surprise. Uh oh, I also say surprise, surprise a lot. So that's another fun little drinking game rule. Like I'm I'm kind of lost on what's happening in the movie right now, so I'm just doing meta-analysis of my own podcast at this point. Like I've I've got enough material that I could really start looking at the mirror and saying, Well, here's what I do a lot. I talk about goosebumps, I say surprise, surprise. I go off on tangents, which I'm doing right now. That's probably also something you should put on there. Um, But that's not what I'm supposed to be talking about. Um, I think a dragon just like... They're they're singing their song about how nice it is to read books and how they're in a magical fantasy world. Then suddenly you just hear this... And a dragon flies by. It probably wasn't a cacau. It's probably more of a dragon sound. And it just, like, swoops in while Macaulay Culkin's just, like, waving his magic library card in the air and is just, like, starting to learn the magic of reading and realizing that, like, wow, I've gotten out of a lot of sticky situations by knowing how to read. So he's just, like, skipping with his friends down the yellow brick road because this is clearly a parallel to The Wizard of Oz if you haven't picked that up already. And then uh, the dragon swoops in ah! and takes his library card and he's like, well... Gotta do this again. All right, let's group up and get on a flying carpet or some crap. I think there's like some other fantasy element that's not necessarily the book. Like, they've got fairies and Hans Christian Andersen characters with beautiful singing voices that have probably been proposed to for their beautiful singing voice. But they team up with some other fantasy creatures in order to take down this dragon. Um, either that or they just guide him to this vault where. Macaulay Culkin puts on a suit of armor to take on the dragon because that's what fantasy novels are all about. It's just dragons and talking animals. Like, nothing about elves or rings or Sean Peen being killed on several occasions. That's what fantasy's all about, but we're doing this narrow scope. It's kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, so he, he's there. Um, by the way, he has to climb this mountain, and as we established in the opening minutes of the film, and I think they've said it, like, maybe every ten minutes just to remind the audience, uh, Richie Rich is scared of everything, but he's especially scared of heights, so in order to get his library card back and get the hell out of the library, he has to climb a freaking mountain, because the page master hates him and is making him overcome his fear of heights so he can prove himself to his father and become a man or some shit i don't know but no he has to climb the mountain in a suit of armor no less so he's also got to deal with his claustrophobia and his agoraphobia because like there's some other person climbing the mountain with him and he has bad social skills so he has to deal with that so up he goes up the mountain to confront the dragon which he has this epic sword fight with and it's pretty cool uh, and he he slays the dragon, get almost gets eaten, and gets his book back. But then we get to like the big end game sort of plot that comes in. As they approach the exit, this happens. Oh, okay, I remember what happened back when they were in like Adventure World, Pirate Land, Green Book. Like they thought he died. Like they thought he like sank to the bottom of the sea or something, uh, and he shows up in Saves the Day when they're fighting the dragon. I, I don't know why it escaped my, my thought process, but then like I was trying to figure out what the hell happened, because during that whole like last scene, like I felt like nothing happened in Fantasy World, but something did happen in Fantasy World. I think it was implied that Patrick Stewart talking pirate book and Whoopi Goldberg talking fairy book uh, started hitting it off because the th- ultimate third wheel uh, green book wasn't there to screw stuff up. I mean, McCulloch Culkin was still there to screw stuff up, but he's his his third wheel status uh, is okay because he can like take them home and put them on a bookshelf where they have the equivalent of book sex. Now that the awkward green book was out of the way, but that that kind of happened. That's. Something I had forgotten, and I didn't want to go all the way back and record everything and say, Oh, yeah, that sort of happened, but that did happen. So, pardon the anachronism, but for real, that was some stuff that had happened. I knew there was some sort of conflict. I know it wasn't just, Oh, hey, books are magical and they're really fun. No, there was some coherent plot in the Page Master, but, uh, right. They. Beat the dragon, at, I believe Macaulay Culkin got eaten by a dragon for like five seconds, and then uh, the dragon spit him back up or something, but it was like a really cool fight, and because he got killed by a dragon for five seconds, Macaulay Culkin no longer feared heights because he looked death square in the friggin' face and walked away. Played chess with death and checkmated them for now. So they get to the exit, like the real exit, the one that like looks like the library, and they're about to go there when suddenly uh, you just hear a voice, hold up there, little boy, and it's Christopher Lloyd, the page master himself, saying, what did you learn, Dorothy? What did you learn, Dorothy? That's that's the voice of the page master. I, I forgot I had a character set up for him. Whoopsie doodle. What did you learn, Dorothy? And he says, um... I didn't learn shit, but I went through a lot of stuff. Uh, I got chased around a haunted castle by Mr. Hyde. I got kidnapped by pirates, had to walk a plank, thought one of my book friends died for about 20 minutes. I had to climb a mountain, even though I was scared of mountains, and then a dragon eat me. So, yeah, that's that's what I learned. And the page of was like... Well, did you die? And Macaulay Culkin just has this realization. He's like, holy fuck. Books can't kill me. I'm invincible if I'm just reading and not having a real fun life. Oh, wow. I finally learned the power of books. If you die in books, you die for real. But... Since I survived this ordeal, I'll never have to be inside of a book again, and I'll just read them, and reading's kinda cool. And the page master just has a big ol' sheet-eaten grin on his face, and he says, You have learned well my... I can't say Padawan, because that's science fiction, and we don't believe in that in this realm. But you did well. You can end your drug trip now. When I snap my fingers... Or you click your heels, you'll wake up as if nothing had happened. And Macaulay Culkin's like, Thank God for small miracles. Alright. And uh, the Page Master pulls out a blackjack, slugs cartoon Macaulay Culkin up upside the head, looks at the camera, gives a big old audible wink. Audible as in like the sound, not audible as in the stupid website that uh, has millions upon millions of books, by the way, some of which may be narrated by Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, so that happens. He has. He, he smiles, he, his teeth sparkles, his eye winks, and then you just, like, spiral through animation. So it turns back to real life, and Macaulay Culkin, uh, the real Macaulay Culkin, not the cartoon Macaulay Culkin, uh, has his head down on a desk, his glasses are still on, and he's just drooling on a desk. Turns out he just passed out from being scared shitless by a little bit of rain and some lightning, um, he wakes up, finds his library card next to him, and his book bag on his other side, with, um, three books in tow, a brown pirate-looking book, a purple book (this is fantasy on the side, and a green book that will, um clearly be the third wheel between them, and he, he says, he looks up at the ceiling where he sees the page master and says, wow, thanks, Pagemaster, I can have a hobby that doesn't require me to live up to my fears, not that I have them anymore, because this drug trip that I was just on, don't think I didn't notice that, helped me overcome my anxieties about heights and stuff. I think I'll just go home now, and he takes his books without checking them out at the front desk, and... Goes the hell home on his bike. But on the way home, he sees that bike ramp from the beginning of the movie and he jumps over it, which metaphorically says he's overcome his fear of bicycles. Um, but he does that, his glasses fall off, but he doesn't care anymore. Now that he has reading, he's not nearsighted and oh my golly golly, that is the second time that sound happened. Uh, but yeah, no, he gets home. Um, he says his father is up waiting up for him. Because he was about to, like, call the Grinch Alarm Center, area code 539006, saying, well, my son actually listened to my orders and disappeared. But then Macaulay Culkin comes back with that, with a special look in his eye. A look in his eye and says, I'm gonna go read books in a treehouse. And his father catches on to that immediately. And, with pride, the... Macaulay Culkin climbs into his treehouse, and... Starts reading the horror stories, uh, the green book, and in the background he lays, the brown adventure pirate-looking book and the purple book next to each other, and they have book sex presumably. It's implied. It doesn't really happen because, like, Page Master is G-rated as G-rated can get. Like, Cats Don't Dance would be, abashedly, unabashedly disgusted with just how wholesome Pagemaster is, but it's implied that those books had sex, is what I'm trying to say. So that happens. Macaulay Calkin reads his horror stories, and that scares him more than heights ever could, but it feels good to be scared sometimes. And he falls asleep and has a nightmare and wakes up, then realizes he can't go around reading books all the time, and he probably needs to get his glasses back. So, he heads back over to the bicycle ramp, um, looks down, finds his glass at the bicycle ramp, because nobody noticed, he says, well, thank god I found those, then suddenly, you hear in the distance, that's right, it's bees, bees have come to haunt Macaulay Culkin yet again, and they start singing, stinging him, and then it just smash cuts to him in his casket, because he died from bee stings yet again, because it's not a live-action Macaulay Culkin film until he gets killed by bees while trying to find his glasses. And I didn't get that as a child, but that's a reference to another movie where he dies by bee stings while trying to find his glasses. But he dies. Um, he is buried with his books, and it's a very bittersweet sort of ending that kind of came out of right field. But he's buried with one more book in his hands, the best book of them all, The Bible the end. Oh, and then finally, as as it zooms out on his funeral, uh, a book closes and goes back on the shelf, because they had to make one more small references to books in this movie about books, and that's how it really, really ends. Anyway, thoughts on the, final thoughts on this. I I liked it. It was a charming kind of film. Like, there's it's really kind of heavy-handed and kind of misses the point by making a movie about how awesome books are, because there was a book about how awesome books were, and the books weren't flying off the shelf, but some guy that made a lot of money in the 80s said, hey, this seems like a marvelous idea to make into a movie, because that logic makes sense, which it doesn't, but hey, we still got it, and it's a real favorite of all three of us, Uh, my brother, my sister, and myself, all Thoroughly enjoyed Pagemaster and watched it fairly often into our childhoods before we found other things like, you know, cats don't dance. But, um, it's good. I I kind of caught on on the weird ironies of the situations. Uh, they got good actors in that one, and they're having fun doing it. So it, it, it's a fun little flick. Uh... Th- stuff that I, I remembered a lot of this movie, like, I remembered the beginning very, I remembered a lot of the live action sections pretty well, like, I knew Richie Rich, uh, which, his name isn't Richie Rich, I know it's like Richard or something, and I know he's kind of a nerd, and I don't get why they made books appealing to him at the end of the movie when it seemed like he was kind of into books to begin with, but what, what was he even doing for a hobby if he was kind of that much of a dweeb or a loser, but he wasn't reading, but he wasn't doing anything else that I'm aware of. And that was just kind of strange for me. But, hey, reading works out, and uh, he didn't have to make friends in the end, because, really, the Page Master is all about the friends you make along the way when those friends are sentient books and stories. Uh, But, yeah, I remember the beginning, and I remember the end pretty well. Uh, I couldn't help but put the My Girl reference in there, because... Why the hell would I ever review my girl? But I mean, Macaulay Culkin getting killed by bees is never not funny, so <laughs> that kind of had to happen. Sorry. Uh, let's see. But the middle of it, I'm kind of confused. I know they, I know they spent a lot of time in like one major book a piece from each genre, though. I'm kind of lost as why they only they did those three specific genres like adventure could have been, like, sci-fi, which was also pretty adventurous, but that's neither here nor there, and I really think there is some sort of Robert Louis Stevenson fetish that was entwined in there. I don't remember what the specific story was for fantasy novel, because I feel like they did, because they did a good job, like, exemplifying the genre with one story, and I agree that Treasure Island is a good adventure. Curious Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is quite a nice horror story, and I, I didn't really read it as a child, but, oh, hey, there goes that sound again um, it was good, okay, now, you need to shut up, telegram, I'm trying to do a podcast, uh, yeah, all good examples, all good stuff, I seriously don't know who voiced the, holy balls, do I have to, like, turn off my phone, they're all good examples of stories, uh, good movie, kind of fun, Watch it with your kids, if you got any. I don't know if anyone with kids would be watching this strange podcast from a strange person who talks about kids' movies and stuff that he watched. But hey, if you're doing that, Page Master's fun. and gets them into the, the spirit of reading. It's kind of enchanting in that sort of way. Uh, what else is there to say? Uh, Richie Rich is a role that was played by Macaulay Culkin in a different movie called Richie Rich. Richie Rich also directed the Swan princess movies which uh, that's another story for another day (laughs) Uh, for more puns and stuff like that keep on circulating the podcast like comment subscribe bye bye